Amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, welcome. I am Ricky Yala, the senior pastor of this church. If you open up your programs, you will notice on the right-hand side are some fill-in-the-blanks for sermon notes today. The answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my message. I'm excited to know that, you know, we are starting a new sermon series that is titled, Bless This Home, as you saw a little bit of the video just there. Last week, you know, we had a Mother's Day uh, service, and I want to take a moment to thank uh, Pastor Jake for bringing the word, and I pray that you were blessed by what God had placed in his heart uh, for Mother's Day. I wasn't here, but uh, I was actually with, uh, spending time with my mother. Uh, I was able to surprise her, go to her service, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to sing uh, there, so it was um, a great opportunity to be with my brothers and just being with my mother. Uh, so Mother's Day, and then uh, the fathers are preparing for June 16th, which is Father's Day this year, and we came together thinking, what can we do in the middle of, you know, in between? So utilize them as bookends. We have Mother's Day and we have Father's Day, so we kind of figure, let's bring a message uh, and a sermon series that will not only focus on mothers, that will not only focus on fathers, but allow an opportunity to bless the home of everyone that's here in the midst of receiving the message and how they can apply it in their everyday lives. So one of the things is making sure is that we not only say that we are a Christian family, but we should strive to become a Christ-centered home, which is a, there's a difference there, okay? Again, not only just being a Christian family, but being a Christ-centered home. And that's our theme throughout the whole weeks of this Bless This Home series. We're going to attempt to bring some of the, uh, what the Beatitudes can uh, share with us and into our homes. And when I say Beatitudes, it's found in the Gospel book of Matthew, chapter 5. And I'm going to invite you to please um, uh, look towards it. And if you're able, for the reverence of God's Word, I'm going to ask you to please stand as I read this message here today. This is from the NIV translation, so if you have your own Bible, you may have uh, different words, but the words will also be up on the screen, and if you have your own device, it's on the YouVersion app with events and finding New Hanover UMC. The Bible says this, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said this, blessed are the the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That is the word of God. Let me pause for a word of prayer. And God, we come to this service and this very moment that we want to hear your, you speak to our lives, to our hearts, to our minds, and how we can utilize this series of Bless This Home and really not only hear it but do it, Lord, in our homes and how we can implement it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
So throughout these weeks, we are going to be utilizing that same scripture reference of the Gospel book of Matthew, chapter 5. But today we're going to focus on one of the verses, which is verse 6, where it says, Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be what? Filled. For they will be what? And what happens is, here's, here's the part of, when you think about thirst, when you think about hunger, you usually, you know, relate them to food or, or, or a beverage. You know, there are times when uh, uh, we miss a meal, and what do you usually hear people say, I'm starving. Now, this morning, I didn't eat breakfast, I was just drinking, you know, a, a coffee this morning, but if I told you, I'm starving... You'd be like, uh, Pastor Ricky doesn't look like you're starving, all right? It actually looks like you're healthy. (laughs) But usually right away when we miss a meal, when we think, yeah, that's the first thing, especially the kids. They say, I'm starving. But when we think of thirst and hunger, we want to add in there, we thirst and hunger for righteousness. So how can that look like, like that in our homes? So the question I have for you today is one of the first ones before we go into helping you out into how we can uh, implement these Beatitudes in our home is, what are you hungering for in your home? Again, what are you hungering for in your home? Some people will say, I just want a home that could be relaxing. After long weeks of work, I want to go home and just relax in the weekend, not do anything, you know, just relax. Some people actually hunger for popularity or, or, or hunger for wealth. Some people actually hunger for making sure that their lawn in the front yard is well manicured and better than those that are in our neighbors. I pray that you're hungering for thirst and, and, and hungering and thirsting for righteousness. A little different. You probably never thought about that like that before. When we come into, uh, some people will say, you know what, after a long day's work, I don't want to worry about waiting for the weekend. After a long day's work, I just want to go to a home, and I hunger and thirst for a home where I can find peace. And you're probably saying, oh, pastor, that's a tough ask right now. I just want peace. Well, there's a place where there's no bickering and, and, and no anger and no complaining, and some, especially for those minute things that we make it out, out of proportion, and we make those decision-making items, like you know, in the history of mankind, is the most difficult thing. I hear of, uh, of couples arguing over the, the, the laundry, saying, you know, why in the world is light-colored clothes together with dark-colored clothes? Really? I mean, that may be important, but for me, whatever. Now, I would understand that they would say, don't put the whites with the colored clothes. I understand that. Why? Because there was a story, you know, something that happened in my life when I was in the military, 19-year-old. Again, I didn't care. I just put everything together. I didn't have time to sort the clothes. There was a time when we had to be out in the field and a uh, last chance to wash all the clothes before heading out there because we weren't going to be back, you know, for several days. And I remember putting everything together. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, including the whites with the colored, and uh, the result was disastrous. Uh, 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 forgive you an example. I'm sorry that this is not your normal sermon, but I ended up with pink underwear. <laughs> and I ended up with pink socks. And anything that was white turned pink. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I stuffing the, the, the duffel bags. I actually stuffed that first, so that way that's not the first thing that pops out when you open up the duffel bag. We're in, the, we're in the field, and wouldn't you know it, 
Uh, someone there was, said that there was contraband. Someone was carrying contraband and all the drill saw. That was not the contraband I'm talking about, right? So there was contraband, and all the, the, the squad and the platoon had to line up in the ranks, and wouldn't you know it, the drill sergeant's going to say, empty out your duffel bags. Oh, my Lord. So I remember that my pink underwear, at least, you know, were, was at the end. So what I did, I pinched the duffel bag at the end. <laughs> And all my, my uniforms and my shirt, everything fell out. And I want to make sure I held tight to the end. And by the grace of God, ladies and gentlemen, the underwear actually stood there, right? It didn't come out. But I, at 19 years old, I may not have played it well because the drill sergeant saw something in me. And he says, Private, let me get your duffel bag. So wouldn't you know it, he shakes it off. And what comes out? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my new creation of pink underwear. Now, by that time, it was the Fruit of the Looms white, and I think if I would have patented it, now we have colored underwears, we got this and that, I would have made a lot of money, I think. But <laughs> my a battle buddy saw it, my drill sergeant and other uh, people, and that was like the talks for a couple days. But I learned not to put the whites with the colored. But then, ladies and gentlemen, if, you have, if you're arguing over the, uh, what is the light-colored clothes together with the dark colors, come on, that's minute, I, I, I think. But uh, there's other bigger things that we should be addressing. Bigger things like the greatest debate, and I still, I, I, I have to counsel uh, 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 couples for this. And it, maybe you, you fall in this line. This is maybe, maybe in, your, in your home. What's this here? If I may, you got the... <laughs> when you place the toilet, for those of you who are listening on podcast, this is what's happening. The video, the, action, the, the, the picture, the image, they show the, where they are placing and how they're placing the toilet paper. Is it over or under? Let, let me just squash the debate and it's over, okay? <laughs> but I love this picture here. I, I also found out, you know, there's a yes and there's a no and there's a you monster. You, <laughs> you had the time to put the toilet paper on top of the finished one? Come on. It's so simple. Anyway. <laughs> so, so there are battles that take place in the home. But what can we do? I mean, we, we, have to, in a way, we have to find ways to help our families see God as loving and approachable and involved. What are we hungering for in your home? In Psalm 63, verse 1, the Bible says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. Ladies and gentlemen, in our homes, we should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness that we can give honor and glory in all that we do. And it's not only based on what comes in physically through the doors, but what you allow in through the internet, in the magazines, in the music. We have to guard our family. We have to guard our homes. And sometimes we wonder why things are falling apart at times. 
in the verse of Matthew 5, verse 6, Jesus is telling his listeners two things that they can experience. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So you're blessed. And the other one, at the end of that verse, it says that for you will be filled. So you will be blessed and you will be filled. And I don't know about you, but I want to be filled with the presence of God. I, want to be, I don't want to be empty in our lives. So I want to share with you three ways that we can thirst or hunger for God. The first one in your programs, you'll notice, uh, again, this is the, uh, the fill-in-the-blanks one, is involve God in your daily conversations. Involve God in your daily conversations. What does that mean? What does that look like? So in the morning, like Pastor Gill was mentioning, you know, what is that ball in the sky on there? If you say, wow, you know, finally we got sun. But change the conversation, okay, God, uh, wow, so awesome you, you gave us a sun today. I know it's great that we can have rain, but uh, God, just remember, uh, that was too much rain. <laughs> but God, and then when, when you're around the, the, the family, when you're, whether you're single, whether you have children, whether you have the grandkids uh, in your home, it, have that conversation, the word and the vocabulary when you're saying things. God, wow, kids, look what God gave us today. The Bible says this is a day the Lord has made. Okay, God, wow, God, kids, look, look at the sun. Isn't God awesome? The changing of seasons. Wow, you know, that's so awesome. Look what God has created in his artwork when the changing of leaves in the fall and, and when the things that we thought were dead because there were no leaves in the branches and the trees, now it's flourishing with all greens. And God, you're so awesome. Involve God in your daily conversations. We usually schedule things. We already know when we're going to go on vacation. We already know what we're going to be doing here, maybe later on today, maybe next week. But what about if you involve God in that conversation by thinking and talking together, what do you think God wants us to do? What do you think God wants us to experience in this world that he created? What do you think God wants us to give? Where do you think God wants us to serve? You see, you're, in, you're including and involving God in your daily conversations. And when you start doing it, it may sound a little funny, may sound a little different, but when you start doing it, you start getting used to it, and that's part of your vocabulary, involving God in your daily conversations. The second thing you can do when you're thirsting and hungering for God is to make church non-negotiable. To make church non-negotiable. You may say, Pastor, that's a little difficult because we have sports, we have work, we have this, we have that. I mean, we have, we have to clean the house. Uh, we have to do laundry and we have to know how to sort them. <laughs> Whatever excuses, excuses, excuses. You know, making church non-negotiable should be part of a Christian's Christ-centered home's life. We, and when you talk about home, you know, some people say this is a church home, which we appreciate that. And part of a church home is to provide opportunities that people can come and worship. We have a 5 o'clock service on Saturday night. We have an 8 o'clock service on Sunday morning. This 9 o'clock, and then right after this, we have another 1030 service. We even have the podcast for those uh, right here, right now, as you're listening to me uh, saying the sermon, there was someone later on after 12 o'clock today throughout the week can go into our website, click on the sermons, look at the, uh, click on the, on the podcast and hear this very message. So if you're listening to me right now, whether you're driving, whether you're in your home, in your living room, or putting your feet in the sand while you're there, thank you so much for joining in. I know that sounds, you know, weird me saying it, but it's for those who are going to be listening later on. So what takes place when you make church non-negotiable? What does that church really mean? 
It's so important for us to gather together just like we are here in the book, in the book of Hebrews. Chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, the Apostle Paul is actually encouraging people to gather together. He says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Making church non-negotiable, I remember when I was growing up, my mother made, made sure that church was non-negotiable. Whether I kicked and hollered, she used to be, she used to be waiting there. Are you done? Well, let's roll. And after a while, I realized that that wasn't working. My tantrums and things, that weren't working. I'm going to go to church, so I ended up in Sunday school. You know? And then as I continued growing up, my mom said, you got to keep on going. And I remember times that there was inclement weather and we, didn't, we weren't able to make it physically to church, but my mom made it a church non-negotiable by sitting us down in the house and then reading the Bible or singing songs together because she wanted to make sure that, that she instilled into our, the, her children to worship God, no matter if you're in the building or outside of it. When I, was, when I was growing up and, and uh, being a teenager, I remember I got, got out of the, the Sunday school and I would be in the sanctuary, and my goodness, the services, I really enjoyed the music, but when it came time to the sermon time, I'd be sleeping. And my, my, I think my mom was, uh, she, didn't, she didn't show it with me, she, there was no certificate, but I believe she was the black belt karate master. Yeah, wake up. <laughs> And those experiences, I remember saying something like this to God, God, if I ever become a preacher, I know, right? (laughs) If I ever become a preacher, let let it be engaging, let it be fun, God. And so God answered the prayer of the preacher. Now, whether the sermons are fun or not, that's still the jury's still out on that one, right? The, the truth about it is that when, when I was younger and I talked about, you know, being engaging and having fun, we know and I realized that fun is not always the result when you're preaching because there are some hard topics that we have to address. It's not to tickle, you know, to the, our, our feathering our, our, our likes, or, but there are some conversations and messages that are hard and, and, and challenging and convicting, and as me as a responsibility as your, your spiritual leader and your pastor is to bring the message. Not always going to be fun. And I love this series of Bless His Home, and I try to utilize, you know, for example, the toilet paper things in the midst of all that, but really, in reality, how can we continue to grow spiritually? How can we bring the message out from the, just the Bible and bring it into everyday lives that our message is not only fun at times, but, but how could be practical and relative in our everyday lives? How can that be? So as I was growing and I continue to learn is making sure that we have an opportunity of learning. Maybe we don't like the message because it's convicting us. It's like, I don't, I don't like it. I, this is the way I live. And then, but the word, the living word is supposed to be impacting our lives that it starts breaking down the barriers of the things that we think are right and God is saying it's all wrong. Making church non-negotiable. You could be in, it uh, doesn't have to be in this building. You could, it doesn't have to be in a structure that is labeled as a church. You could be camping. 
Uh, there have been times that I've gone with my family camping. I love camping, and, and I find out where, if there's any services that are taking place. If, not, if there are no services, then I usually bring out my guitar, and we sing a, uh, a few songs around the, 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 the fire, which I love to do. And there was even times that when we find some services, and it wasn't really, quote-unquote, a regular service with music and things, but there was like a puppet story, and they would involve the kids, you know, and, and adults to come and be part of the story. That was church for us. When we go on vacation, one of the things I look for is to what churches are available in the area that I'm going to be serving in, or, not, or actually vacationing in. That way we're ready. What time they, they, uh, they meet, where they gather, what time they worship, and if, if we're able to go. What happens if, you know, if you're in the, your, your feet are in the sand, and you can still have church there. It's not just in the building. But making church non-negotiable is for you to build your relationship and gather and together and to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we think about church, some people say it's only the, 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 the building, the church itself, the structure. And while growing up, when I wasn't falling asleep, right, in services, I remember hearing a hymn that was titled, that We Are the Church. You probably know it. I'm probably too old for you, right? So it says, you know, the, the, um, the church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church is a people. And then all of a sudden, I am the church. You are the church. No. <laughs> Together, all who follow Jesus all around the world. Yes, we're the church together. Oh, oh my. <laughs> it's not the steeple. It's not the building. It's the, it's the people. So wherever you gather together, again, especially in your homes, what can you do to thirst and hunger for righteousness? And as we strive to be a Christ-centered home, the last point I want to share with you is that we have to learn how to show how seeking and serving God is fun. Seeking and serving God is fun. Now, I know that this series is to bless this home. And as I shared before, some of you may say, uh, label it as this is your church home. And we want to make things engaging. We want to make things fun that we can engage the people into whatever ministry or program that we provide so that way there's a way to connect. And after creating an enjoyable experience that they can go a little deeper. So part of the uh, uh, slide I have here, there's no music in the background. I just want to share with you what kind of programs and ministries we have been serving in and how they've been engaging. Can you show the, the, the video, please? It's part of, I know, again, there's no, there's no um, music or in the background, but it's part of outreach. That, that photo right there was when we were doing the, the shuttle during Easter time, and thank you for the volunteers that did that for the parking lot ministries. And then we have Apex, so right here you see the color wars that took place. On May 4th, we had a work day where we want to beautify our area outside of our church for the mulch and, you know, the tree, the, the, whatever it needed to take care of. We talked about worship and how we are able to engage and make it enjoyable through the orchestra, through the choir, through the band, through just worship all together. The tech arts of uh, making the sound and the lighting and the media all take place. 
creative moments, making it enjoyable for the daycare that takes place here on Monday through Friday. Reaching out in our community and as well the, the Kidman ministry, our Sunday school. You'll actually see, there it goes, donuts uh, with dads. That's coming up on June 16th also. They got the VBS. And the response crew, as they go on our community and help out those who aren't able to spruce up around their area, their homes. Women's ministry, look at that picture. What a blessing. I mean, that's only a little bit of what we provide here. But what can you do, ladies and gentlemen, in your home that you show how seeking and serving God can be fun? A family that Pastor Craig Rochelle was mentioning, they do popcorn prayers, so they, they eat popcorn while they pray, and they, they make it fun. You may be waking up a little earlier in the day and in, in the morning to pray with your children before they go to school. What kind of things? What, what works for one person or a family may not work for another. And please know that when I'm talking about the home, this includes single people, married people, you know, grandparents, guardians, mothers, fathers. Everyone can do something to implement this blessing of the home into their lifestyle. I want to end with this with you. It's scripture of Joshua, the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15. The Bible says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Where will you be serving the Lord? Yes, it can be in a building. It can be out when you're camping, vacationing, in the beach, in your car. How will you start implementing it in your daily walk in daily lives? So I want to share with you this week, if you can make a list of what steps you need to take to create a stronger hunger for God in your home and start implementing them this week. And inside your programs, you actually saw there's some resources that are available to parents and, and grandparents as well. The, one of the things I want to point out is the, the Parent Q app. This app is designed to uh, help every parent do something each week to help move their child toward a deeper faith and a better future. It says that it was calculated that there are 936 weeks between the day that the child is born until they graduate. So this app helps the parents out to do something each week. So we pray that you don't miss a single one. And also make church a priority each week. Start by uh, committing to attending each weekend during this sermon series. Next weekend is Memorial Day weekend. You may be vacationing or, or somewhere else that's not here. I encourage you, go into our website, go to the sermon area, and then be able to click on hearing the message. It'll have to be after 12 o'clock. But I want you to miss this series because it builds upon one from the other. And to, uh, next week, we're going to be talking about purity in heart. This is just the beginning. I'm so excited for it, and I pray that you are too. Bring family and friends as you continue to learn and hear about how the Beatitudes can actually come and bless our homes. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we come before you and we say thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your love. We're so thankful that you allow us to gather here and for those who are listening on our podcast, we're thankful that you may bless them wherever they are. And as we begin this new series of blessing this home, let us see those blessings. Let us also start implementing them. 
let us involve let us involve you starting in including you in our daily conversations let us make a decision to stand firm and make church non-negotiable and seeking ways that we can seek you and serve you that way we know how to give how to how to serve and, and what you have planned for us that we may follow you that our home may be blessed We ask for your blessings in in our lives on a daily basis because we know we fall short of your glory and sometimes frustrations happen because we are not seeking your will. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you who are in need of prayer, our lay pastors will be up on on the front after the service that they can pray with you and for you. And as you head out today, again, this is just the beginning. May you be blessed. May your home be um, be blessed. And know how you can start implementing things in your life of thirsting and hungering for righteousness in your homes. I pray I'll be able to see you next week. Invite family and friends. If I don't, have an enjoyable uh, weekend, a Memorial Day weekend, a safe one. Know that God loves you. We love you too. May his spirit guide us each day of this week. And God's people will all say, amen. Please stand for the closing song.